Hello, friends. I'm so excited. Welcome to the 100th episode of Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. This is a huge privilege, a time of celebration. Thank you for just coming along, being a part of this tribe. We love you. We're invested in you. And it's a huge, mind-blowing opportunity to say happy 100th anniversary to this podcast. We are excited about some changes that will be happening that I'll share at the end. But for this episode, for number 100, we want to talk about love. So not just love in the cliche overdone way, but we want to talk about how to do love from a healthy soul across the board. Restoring self-cohesion is the very streamlined process of understanding that you have more than one part of self that's engaging in any one relationship in your life. Take your relationship with your coworkers, with your child, with your romantic partner, with your best friend, with your family members. There are more than one part of you that are engaging in any one of those relationships. Like a diamond with many facets, you have lots of different sides of you. And every part of you that's conscious, we can fluidly go between those sides. So hopefully the athletic side of you is showing up and being aggressive on the field of sports, but not when you're driving a car or disciplining your child. Hopefully the romantic part of you is coming up during love season with somebody you're committed to and not the intern at the desk next to yours. So instead of recognizing things as a glitch or a problem, we want to start recognizing where is my personality kind of getting stuck? And instead of seeing it as broken, seeing it as an opportunity. That all the conscious parts of me usually are pretty harmonious, right? Like the right side of my personality shows up for the right relationship or context. But all of a sudden, when we have these glitches and we're like, why am I feeling insecure around this person? Why am I feeling needy? Why am I feeling dominant and aggressive? Or why am I feeling victimized and unsafe in this relationship? That's when we're going, oh, that's an unconscious part of me. And the unconscious part of me has free will. And that part of me is running on old vows and judgments and beliefs that are still running in the hard drive of the unconscious mind. And they have self-states. So that means there's automaticity, there's automatic wiring, even at the neurochemical and the neurophysiology, there's an actual system set up to respond to a situation. And so when we get triggered, research says two and a half to five years into any relationship, especially a romantic one, our attachment from early in life gets activated. And that's when people start noticing just feeling lackluster, not feeling as enjoyable and lovely and wonderful and attracted. And you're more likely to find that they're getting under your skin. All of that could be an example or illustration of, I'm no longer just relating with you with the conscious parts of me, but at some point, unconscious parts of me have gotten triggered. And now those parts of me are relating with this person that I love. And so it's literally like a filter change. And so the younger part of you that is not attracted to this person, that's repulsed, that feels victimized or bullied or disrespected, that this part of you that felt that from the past is now perceiving that in the present. And the crazy part is I know and love and committed to this person. And this younger part of me with free will may not actually know this part of me. 
Now, I know that sounds like alternate universe weird stuff, but I'm not talking about multiple personality disorder or DID. I'm talking about literally parts of us that stay repressed or regress, which just means stuck in the past. Think of it like that part of you is in a room under a stronghold. And we're seeing and relating with today through this, I'm being disrespected. I'm unsafe. You're treating me this way. And that part of the soul, that is a very real reality. And in that state, you're very quick to walk away from a relationship. Like, I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. You're And, and a lot of my clients will describe feeling a very cool, confident, like I'm good. I'm out. Um, I don't need to ever see you again. And then in a couple of weeks, when the physiology has calmed down, they're no longer in that self state. They push them away. Now the other parts of self are like, wait a second, we didn't sign off on that decision. And so you get the push pull. You get that relationship pattern or dynamic where people get so close and then the attachment system flares up and we start sabotaging the ability to stay connected. Not that there's this program, rather there's different parts of self, each relating differently with one relationship, meaning anything you leave unresolved from your past, any judgment, any unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment towards someone in your past does still have a reverberation. It has a frequency or an energy and it creates filters that eventually the person today in your life will eventually trigger one of those landmines to open up. And before you know it, you're relating with the people today as if they are the people of the past. And the craziest part about projection is any part of yourself that is even remotely similar to someone you've judged in the past means you disavowed. You said, nope, that's a bad part of me. I can never be weak or vulnerable or needy or domineering. Nope, that can't be in me, which means that part of you that is like them because of mirror neurons modeling, there is a part of you, just admit it. So that part of you is now being ruled by the unconscious mind rather than the conscious mind. I know it's a hard pill to swallow because you and I alike have defense mechanisms that have worked very hard to ensure that we never act that way and respond that way. And yet, if we leave that unconscious, then it's going to create the very thing I told myself I would never do or be or engage in or act like will happen at an unconscious reenactment level. So it's more helpful to say, okay. I'm recognizing X, Y, Z in this behavior. I'm realizing that no matter what the other person is or is not doing, start with me. The humility and curiosity to clean my own house, to do my own side of the yard work, let's say, and realize you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden you're temper and you're like, oh, I feel disrespected. Oh, I feel unseen. I feel slighted. I feel abandoned by them not responding to that message right away or giving that tone. Now, it's not saying what they're doing is okay. Let me clarify. It doesn't mean that it's all in your head. I'm just saying you're responsible for you irrespective of what the other person is doing. And a reciprocal relationship is I'm not going to do it if they're not going to do it. Those relationships based on research do not last. But a covenantal relationship where I've decided 
to invest and serve and steward this relationship because it's important to me. And I choose to do the right thing and be the best version of myself and trust that I, as I do my part, the healthier version of them is going to be drawn in. And before they know it, they will also feel convicted and coals on their head to want to do the right thing as well. Not in a revenge way, do the right thing so that then I look better, but I do the right thing because it is the right thing. As you work on yourself, you'll draw out different reactions in your loved ones. They will show up in different sides of themselves and you can help start soothing the dynamic between you. Most people that I work with eventually feel entitled and frustrated, understandable, but it doesn't make progress. And the grass is not actually greener in another relationship. And your stuff is going with you to your next relationship. Just give it two and a half to five years based on research, not of you as a one-off, but you as a collective us. Most of the time, if we don't deal with stuff, even though it seems super unrelated, like a sibling with an eating disorder or something random from your past that you're like, what, how is that impacting? Because there's only one of me. So you're going to take you to every relationship that you end up going until you resolve that part of you that's still stuck, that didn't get to grieve or be acknowledged. And so if you can just take time and say, okay, I was triggered. I responded in anger. I was sarcastic. I said, oh, nothing. When they asked, are you okay? What's wrong? Then I need to go back and process and find out what part of me is holding that. That it's not just blaming your partner or blaming the relationship, but going, hey, what in me is feeling or experiencing something that needs to be resolved? By doing that due diligence, now you can start writing things out, clearing out unconscious. You can start grieving. You can do repair by proxy, which I've talked about on this channel where you're spending time honoring and visiting those parts of your soul that need to be tended to and cared for. With humility and curiosity, bending down and saying, I love you, I see you, I'm for you. When you do that, your soul is able to rest and relax and come into alignment. When our soul is honored and relaxed, now you can start leading from your spirit or your true self again. And when you're in your true self, it's like your heart is open. We invite the fear, the control, and our pride of self-reliance and self-protection to come down. And now you can receive the love that your people are trying to give you. So many times my clients will be like, yeah, I know they're trying, but it doesn't feel like it, or it's not going to last, or I don't know if I can trust them or blah, blah, because things aren't getting in. That's because of your walls. And I'm sorry for the pain and I'm sorry for mistrust. And I'm sorry, there's things that have happened and they're very legitimate. And I never want to dismiss or downplay anything you've gone through. But I also know we have one shot at life. And if you're constantly resurrecting dead offenses and past things, and that person can never grow beyond that, that they're constantly held to that past situation, that there's not much of a relationship left, and you're not really doing your own work to finally allow people to be forgiven for their past, to start fresh, to start clean, to be curious about what a future could look like if we're both intentionally working on rebuilding trust, let's say. Doing that inner work, taking responsibility, recognizing there's all these parts of self that we can resolve inner conflicts of our own judgments 
against the parts of us that are like the people of the past, the parts of our family members that remind us of the people of the past and the exes and the, the betrayals or disappointments, even family members or siblings, youth pastors, uh, teachers, administrators, uncles, whatever it might be, just being thorough to clean that out. And when you get really triggered today in your romantic relationship, ask yourself, what other times have I felt a similar emotion and what do it, what were the judgments and the vows that I made during that time that I can start to clean out and resolve and no longer carry that inside? There's several more tips I would love to give you. And the point of our ending at a hundred of the long format of our podcast is we want to create more substance and more tailored services for you. I've gotten lots of great feedback about the podcast, but the consistent is it is a fire hydrant and it is a lot, even as a therapist, as a clinical psychologist to try to get huge concepts into bite size. So I know that learning and cognition comes by doing just little bitty bits. So we're going to move toward a short form in the future. Uh, bear with us. We're going to do our best. I'm a fire hydrant. I'm going to try to narrow things down and take like concepts like we talk about tonight into short doable steps. And then we'll direct you toward virtual groups, toward e-courses, toward therapy, coaching, things that you can now use for your individual issues, your relationship dynamics, whatever may be going on for you. And we want to create a platform that's more robust and tailored to your needs. I know it could be a lot to listen to a clinical psychologist for a 30 minute or an hour episode and go, okay, how do I apply that to myself? So we're going to try to make it shorter, more bite-sized, and then direct you toward the, the avenue that would best suit your needs. Our hope is that we'll have some groups virtual coming up soon, maybe even in person. We'll see what happens. And then some e-courses getting ready for you. Um, and then just all kinds of giveaways, PDFs, whatever we can do to make this as accessible and helpful and beneficial to you. And then always crawfordclinics.com. You can go to the therapist page and book to book with a therapist right away. If you want therapy at the moment, we're still located in the state of Texas. So you can be virtual or in person as long as you're in the state of Texas during the time of therapy. Um, if you want to do coaching, you can be from anywhere. It is It does look different. But the good thing about Crawford Clinics, uh, and we'll prepare, this is a while in the future, but we're preparing to start having um, places in every state is the vision, right? Give us time. But the vision is to have Crawford clinics in every state so that we can serve you where you're located, invest in your community, your marriage, your family, your individual, and your leadership team. So especially for me, I love to work with executives, pastors, leaders, CEOs, people that are influencing and leading um, a culture and whether for them as an individual or for them as a group at large, that brings a lot of joy to me. Um, and then the whole team also specializes in kids, adolescents, families, couples, um, and just anxiety, depression, all the things. So we want to be a resource for you. And after a hundred episodes, it is our privilege to try to make it as streamlined and accessible to you so that you can get unlocked and live your greatest and fullest potential. Thank you. And thank you for staying with us for 100 episodes. And I hope that you go back and you get to watch some of the oldies, but goldies see the, you know, the podcast 
change and all the embarrassing moments throughout, um, but also the really rich, beautiful nuggets that have been throughout and the amazing guests that we've had. I love you. I honor you. And thank you for being a part of this community.